welcome back to the Chipman Brothers Tangent, True Believers. Um, as always, I'm Chris. I'm Bob. And uh, welcome back. It's um, It's been a couple of months. It's been the holiday season. Been really busy at the day job. I know Bob's been real busy. Um, the two kids is getting more fun as we have a six-month-old and a, um, three and a, almost three-and-a-half-year-old, I guess, um, yeah. who uh, is in school and isn't sleeping anymore. Um, which you guys have all heard about, but uh, there's been a lot going on in the last two months. Um, so I figured I'd get Bob and I back on here and we'd talk about it. So how are you doing tonight, Bob? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's Friday night. I have, uh, you know, no deadlines till Monday morning, so I'm okay. Yeah, same same here. No deadlines aside from um, this self-created um, one we've got here. So <laughs> the the machine has to be fed, I guess. Um, so. Uh, it's 2019, Bob. Yes, it is. We we made it. Yeah. Despite everyone's best efforts, huh? Uh-huh. Jesus. Um, so, you know, we haven't done done one of these in a while, but uh, we lost Stan Lee, man. Yes, we did. We did lose Stan Lee. About a week or so after we recorded our last one. So, uh, shit. Yeah, that, that sucks. Yeah. Um... It's going to be interesting to see how many uh, cameos they've recorded. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be that. That was rough. That was rough. I mean, it's been a it's been a while now, but that that was that was rough. Yeah, extremely. I guess um the last what was it last couple weeks. Yeah. Marvel's been doing a lot of um, uh, like co- covers for him. And end of comics, and I guess DC did a couple of good tributes too, which I thought was kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah, that um, was cool. Yeah, um, and seeing uh, Spider Verse, which we'll get to later, the uh, the multiple um, hat tips to him they had in that movie, fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. So so that sucked um, to everybody out there. You know, that's a huge loss um, for the geek world, for the world at large. Um, one of the last really optimistic people, huh? Yeah. <laughs> let's keep yeah let's not lose any more jesus um so so how are you how are you surviving uh how how are you surviving with the uh the government being shut down bob uh i i don't i don't work for the government in any way so i think i'm doing okay same here i, I kind of work for the government but um it's not really affecting me yeah um but yeah that that's that's funny for those of you uh not in the United States listening to this our uh, our government isn't working right now not well it's never it's it's never working but now it's like but, literally not turned on and they're not paying anybody it's yeah. funny oh shit don't usually talk about that kind of stuff on here but I just find that funny we need to set ourselves into public events and my wife is reminding me from across the room that we also lost Penny Marshall yes we did, we um, did lose Penny Marshall yeah so that sucks um it makes the uh, our League of Our Own costumes that we did as a family this Halloween ring even more uh, um, current, as it were. Oh, yeah. I remember that. You guys did do that. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so R.I.P. Stan Lee, R.I.P. Penny Marshall. Yes. Um, hopefully the rest of us make it through this year. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, what more of a downer things can we talk about? Oh, they... <laughs> They released, speaking of people with the last name Marshall, um, a, a director I used to have a lot of faith in um, made a really shitty-looking Hellboy movie, it looks like. 
Oh, yeah, Neil, the, the new Hellboy movie. We have a trailer for the new Hellboy movie. Oh, my God. It doesn't look very good, does it? No, and it's it's kind of a shame. Um, yeah. Because, it, it, I mean, like, I really like the director. I mean, yeah, even, I... even if he's in doomsday mode, I really like this director. I mean... what What's wrong with doomsday? Doomsday's no, good. No, I love doomsday, but doomsday is very silly. And to, like, in in a direct comparison to like the descent's utter seriousness okay i guess no so he just has a couple different modes you know it's like it's like guillermo del toro in hellboy mode or guillermo del toro in shape of water mode sure you know i i guess um but uh you know i you you were around it's it, you know we're hearing a lot more of this with todd mcfarlane and his ridiculous sounding spawn movie as well but uh, oh yeah it's yeah. the this is going to be the ultra dark r-rated gritty movie that um, the creator always wanted it to be, and not that silly, elf-infested Guillermo del Toro movie that nobody liked, even though people really love it. Um, and instead we get a trailer that just looks like a bargain basement version of the Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, it looks like the people that made R.I.P.D. decided to make a Hellboy movie. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, I was expecting more of, like, Constantine. Which yeah, I, which, a, which would have been okay. Like I, I would have shown up for that movie. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird kind of thing where, like, it it was always going to be kind of a lift for this because, like, I I enjoy the Hellboy comics. Like, I think Me they're, too. they're fun. I th- I think they're fun. They're good. They're, there's there's cool stuff in them. I kind of like the two movies a little more overall. And I, I and that's not to say that I dislike the comics. You know, they're fun. I think Guillermo del Toro is, is a really interesting guy. And in a lot of ways, he's even more interesting than every other guy who works in and does the kind of mode that del Toro was in. Because, like... I, Almost every Guillermo del Toro movie, project, comic, animated thing that he says he's going to do, if it wasn't him at this point, it would be the kind of shit that I would roll my eyes at and go, okay, fine. Because, and not to say that it's bad, because it's all up my alley, but it's up my alley stuff that's been up my alley for like 25 years. And you've been let down constantly by not even let down constantly by, it's just, it's the exact same 13 specific things that Generation X nerd culture has been jerking itself off raw over for like 25 years and hasn't really updated its reference pool. You know, it's like every, uh, it's it's like, you you cannot swing a dead cat in any indie comic store, indie video game store, indie nerd space, anything, without smashing into, you know, here is my semi-dark, H.P. Lovecraft-inspired, Universal Monsters-tinged, Ray Harryhausen-flavored, steampunk, gothic, detective fiction, point-and-click mystery thing, that, that, it, that specific melange has been done to death, warmed over, dead, buried, electrocuted, back to life, stitched together, and starring in its own cliched version of itself a million fucking times. And as much as all of that stuff is way the fuck out my wheelhouse, I'm bored. 
it's as boring now, like, that specific mix of shit is as boring now as, like, boxy robots and Jacob's Ladders and beep boop beep, take me to your leader, as that pool of references was when, like, Spielberg and Lucas were joking about it in the 70s and 80s. You know, like, it's it's been done to death. I never need to see another clockworky, steampunky, stovepipe hat monster thing again. Ne- never. I never need to see it again. But when, but but if you say, but Guillermo del Toro's gonna do it, I look at it and go, okay, he is gonna throw some kind of extra. I almost said spice, and that sounds like I'm like just saying that because it's he's a Latin guy. But like <laughs> he, he he's he's gonna smear a little bit extra of himself onto it that's gonna make it worthy because like the Hellboy comics are really cool, and they when they started out they were still at the point when that whole thing was still kind of new. You know, like, the, at, at that right, that point when goth culture had sort of discovered the color amber and had moved into a different <laughs> sort of thing, and, and, and you know, Mike Mignola jumped on that and, and brought in this whole other thing. You know, like, like right at the point when, when goths sort of moved out of study hall and got library cards and Lovecraft came back into fa- fashion and all that, Mike Mignola jumped on that, and he wrote it hard, and out came Hellboy, and great, great, awesome. It was terrific. But, like, so much stuff has bit and built on that whole era of indie horror, comics, fiction, nerd culture bullshit since then, that it's, like, it, it, it you look at, like, the Golden Age good Hellboy stuff now, and it works, it's really cool of its time, and that's great. And by the time Del Toro got to it, you know, he got onto it and it really infused with this extra humanistic and, for lack of a better word, and I know that a lot of people who really love the Hellboy in the pure comic sense don't like the movies. And I guess this sort of includes Mignola. I've never been totally clear on this as to whether or not he actually likes the movies. <laughs> but, uh, the, because it seems like he didn't, especially the second one. But, uh, you know, I I feel like Del Toro kind of got onto Hellboy and grabbed everything that he really responded to in it and also layered on this really specific affection he has for the monsters and the puppetry and really putting kind of a human soul into it. And the first one really feels like just a straight expression of the comics, which is to say it's a little surface level, it's monsters, it's fighting, it's punching, it's cool visuals and a big idea and what have you. And then the second one is, this has almost stopped being pseudo-horror fiction and is now, you know, urban gothic romance fantasy with, you know, goofy monsters, and it's it's just nuts and awesome. Like, I, Hellboy 2, the movie has almost nothing to do with any kind of thing that's going on in the Hellboy comics. And in some way, I kind of prefer what it's doing to anything that's going on in the, that has been going on in the comics. Right, right. Not not individual storylines. There are a lot of great individual storylines, but like that (coughs) mood is much more my mood. That being said, when they said Neil Marshall's going to do it, I was like, you know, I'm pissed off that I don't get Hellboy 3. I'm pissed off they're not going to let Del Toro finish it. It's going to annoy the shit out of me 
if this turns out to be just like the first one, just more of a Xeroxing of the comics pages, and and that it gets treated as, oh, this is the superior version, even if it's an inferior film to the others, because it's closer to what a certain stripe of fan wanted to see, but I'll deal if it's good, because Marshall is a good action director, he makes interesting stuff, but this mostly looks like a cheaper, less interesting version of what Del Toro did. So I'm wondering what the fucking point yeah, is. Yeah, the trailer is super joke-heavy. Um, yeah. It's filled with really over-the-top, um, even more over-the-top than some of the stuff Del Toro did in the second movie. Um, yeah. Troll and fantasy imagery. And it, it, it just, it's weird. And again, it could just be an early trailer. It could be a badly cut trailer. But then you add in the fact that David Harbour, who I love, I think he's awesome. And I, when I saw good, him good in pick, stills, good pick. when I saw him in stills in the Hellboy makeup, it's goddamn perfect. It's, it's yeah. a unique enough take on the look while still looking like Hellboy and still kind of winking its hat at the Ron Perlman Hellboy look. But he just doesn't, the costume isn't doing him any favors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the no, the movements not. are very jerky. It looks like a guy wearing a mask, and Ron yeah. Perlman's Hellboy didn't. He looked like Ron Perlman if he was Hellboy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it, and that's it, well, a shame. Well, the thing, the thing is, it's very clearly a much cheaper makeup rig. Well, and, and the weird thing is, right, as you talk about it, looks like a television show version of Hellboy, but, you know, Neil Marshall's been doing his work. I mean, he's worked on Black Sails, which is a fantastic-looking show. Game of yeah. Thrones, fantastic looking show. He, he has, yeah, Hannibal, for, 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 Hannibal, Westworld. Yeah. You know what I mean? This this guy's been. I mean, Centurion bombed big time, and so did Doomsday. So he had to do his work on TV. He should yeah. be coming out with a Hellboy movie that looks better than this. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing though. Is this looks like the the two Hellboy movies were in this weird happened in this weird space where the we were in that point where the big Marvel movies were a couple of years off. The DC movies were in production limbo, so they were still just greenlighting every independent comic you, you could get your hands on. You know, every studio wanted Guillermo del Toro, this, this visual mastermind guy, to jump on a blockbuster. And two different studios at two different times said, look, if you want to do this Hellboy thing you're into, we think you're a good blockbuster bet. Here's money. Do it. And... God bless them, they were wrong both times that audiences actually wanted to see this. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a real shame. Uh, ironically, now, if this was a new thing, it would probably be getting made because they'd be saying, you know, from the director of The Shape of Water, yeah. this time, the monsters smoke cigars and shoot things. Yeah, from Academy yeah. Award winning director, Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you, you remember that movie that just came out that was like really good, and also the lady had sex with the creature from the Black Lagoon. Well, yeah, in this one, same kind of idea, but like this one is like for dudes, because like in this one, the monster totally has guns and he smokes cigars and he fucks shit up, man. Yeah, and like <laughs> like like that would be that would be a that would be a huge fucking hit now. Yeah. You know? So it's like that that would be cash money if if you could get it done. Oh, and, that's and such now, a shame. And 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 now it's not going to get done. I like I remember for year for years he was supposed to do a couple movies for Disney that never panned out because he would go to them and say, "Look, I got to be frank with you. 
what you're asking me to do is going to cost $150 million. And they're like, we're not going to give you $150 million to make Pinocchio, you weirdo. Or a Haunted Mansion movie. We can do that with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> well, he was going to do one after the Eddie Murphy one, which is, am I, I think I only actually watched that movie once. The backstory of that one ended up involving the Haunted Mansion being like a slave mansion, right? Yeah, dude, that movie is fucked up. That like was like, that... The, like the reveal of that in the movie, like, at, at the time, I'm remembering this, that like they actually brought up that like the Haunted Mansion is trying to get like Eddie Murphy's family there because his wife is descended from the the slave that was the mistress of the guy that owned the mansion and the servants don't want her brought back because like they don't want a black person inheriting like that was actually it's, the plot of that movie yeah right? it, it does it very coy but that is the plot of that movie from what i remember it was like somebody read the house of dies drear and went hey what if this actually was a horror thing and also a kid's movie yeah, so, but, but it's, but it's not like up front in the movie. Like it's mid, it's like they got halfway through making the movie and we're like, you know, guys, we, we've got like a black comedian and his family in this movie that is in the, I mean, like the haunted mansion in the park is designed after a southern gothic mansion because that would be the scariest looking kind of mansion in that you could put in what's supposed to be the Main Street USA part of Disney World, and that mattered for the aesthetic. But, like, so I guess they figured they had to mention it, but that, that that's probably what that house would be. But, like, I remember that coming in. Wasn't Terrence uh, Stamp in that? Yeah, there were a lot of people in that. T t like, Terrence Stamp is the weird racist ghost that doesn't want uh, Eddie Murphy's family to inherit the Haunted Mansion. Dude, it's a weird fucking movie. Yeah, um, I'm, like, I'm not going to watch it again because it's terrible, but that's weird. <laughs> it's not terrible, but it's not good. It's like an inkling better than either, either of the two live-action Scooby-Doo movies they made, and that's not saying much. Well, the, the second, the second live-action Scooby-Doo is really good. E okay. Oh, yeah, that's the one where the ghosts were real, right? No, the ghosts are real in both of them, but in the second one... That, no, the, the first one was the one that, like, they started out making it for adults and then changed their mind midway through. And oh, said, no, yeah, nice. You're going to do it for kids anyway. Scoob. Yeah, yeah, I, rem so they, I remember they, that. They, but then the second one was the one where they just used the script that James Gunn gave them in the first place, and it and it, and it was actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, uh, Chris, oh, shit. You're right, you're right. Yeah. No, it's the third one that they did for TV was really bad, and the first one was terrible. There's the second one was actually one? pretty good. Yeah, they did a they did a made they did two live action made for TV ones, and they did like an animated one, like a CGI animated one that's in continuity with those two. That was like a prequel, and I don't know if it came out yet, but they did a a prequel on the Disney Channel that's Daphne and Velma as like, but only them as like uh, like middle school girls as, like, a team-up that people said was actually really good, but, like, Scooby isn't in it. Interesting. That's, like, supposed to be the origin setup. And, uh, I think that there's there there's a, a production start for something called Project Scoob, and I'm not sure what the anagram stands for, that's supposed to be, like, the new reboot movie for Scooby-Doo, but no one knows what it is, other than it's probably not based on that weird post-apocalyptic comic book. Which would be awesome. Yeah, that that's actually pretty good. Have you read those? The, no, the, the... I've, I've I've heard I've I've read um description. 
Yeah, the like a lot of DC stuff is trash, but like randomly, almost they got the rights to do all the Hanna Barbera stuff, and they're all actually really like every one of them is pretty good. <laughs> like they're all insane premises, but they're all actually really good. Like the Flintstones is really good. Nice. The, like the 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 Flintstones is almost like it's it's like the sequel to Dinosaurs we never got. Oh, dinosaurs! Yeah, it's it's fantastic. The the uh, they did like wacky races as it's basically Fury Road, but but wacky races. That's uh, awesome. The Scooby Doo one is it's like a post apocalypse Ghostbusters thing. Uh, they they put all the superhero ones and Johnny Quest into one thing. I think it's called Future Quest. That was a lot of fun, and, uh, oh, shit. Oh, and, uh, there's a, I forget which series it's part of, but they have, like, Snagglepuss as a gay Tennessee Williams-inspired playwright who's, like, a blacklisted communist. It's, like, these things are insane, but they kind of work. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, they're all It sounds like somebody saw BoJack Horseman and kind of went, you know what? Yeah, yeah, they're all actually, but but the thing is, it's like, but they're all doing that thing where it sounds like these would be like a joke, but it's like, yeah, that's the joke, and then like they never get to the punchline; they just keep following through on this premise. Huh? Yeah, it's really bizarre. Wild. So we somehow got to Snagglepuss from yeah. Hellboy. This is good. Yeah, Gay well, Snagglepuss from Hellboy, even yeah. better. Yeah, well, yeah, so the new Hellboy looks like shit. I, it just oh, it does. Just, I'm sorry. It, 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 just it disappointed bad. the hell out of me because I, I wanted it to be good because I really like Hellboy. I apologize to folks with the sniffling, by the way. I have a bit of a cold. Yeah, me too. Um, It's okay. Well, we'll be okay. Yeah. So, um, so then, huh, what's next? So I don't know if we had gone and seen Mystery Science Theater 3000 live when we recorded this last I, one. I, I could have sworn that we did. But we must have. So no, no, we probably talked yeah. about that. So well, we talked well, that about was, that was October, right? Yeah. So, October, so yeah, it was October. So we went and saw Mystery Science Theater live with Joel in person, and it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, and on Thanksgiving, Mystery Science Theater, um, the new run season two. So what's the season 12, 13? Yes. This this is season um, twelve. The Gauntlet, as it yeah. were. Um, I am now three quarters of the way through it, and. I loved season 11 and this is even friggin' better. Um, It's, it's dialed in. Um, the fact that they let off. So I, we either rented or went to the theater to see that horrible ET ripoff. That is, um, Mac and me. I think we rented it. I don't think that was in theaters long enough to go see. The fact that they got the rights. I mean, it's not hard to get the rights, but Jesus, dude, that movie's scarringly bad. Yeah, Mac and Me's real bad. <laughs> and you can tell someone thought they were trying. Like, it, it's not, it, it's like not acknowledging its badness, like some of the Charles Band stuff did. Like, this yeah. movie honestly thinks that they're rocking this. Well, it's it's a cynically bad movie is the thing. It, 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 it's people, mean. Well, the thing is, people act like now this phenomenon of, like, companies teaming up to make movies that are just commercials <coughs> is, uh, I'm sure we can cut that cough, but if not, I apologize, is is this new thing. But this has happened a few times before, and it has never fully worked out because it's hard, it was hard to coordinate these things before social media to, like, really get, uh, 
like a firm grasp on what was actually working by the time it came out. But like Mac and Me only exists because like Coke and McDonald's and a couple candy companies all basically everyone that had said no, we don't want to advertise in E.T. because this looks like a stupid movie when they had the chance to underwrite a small amount of E.T. And they all said no, and then Reese's Pieces said, yeah, sure, why the fuck not? No one eats our weird peanut butter M&Ms, and then Reese's Pieces exploded because they were in E.T. Yep. So so all the companies that had that, they sort of teamed up and said, okay, we're going to produce like a like a peppier kind of Southern California answer to E.T., and we're going to just stick our shit in it and make it part of the plot and make a fortune. And it's, uh, and, and it didn't work out. But, like, that's how Mac and Me happened. So, like, the aliens actually visit a McDonald's, and they drink Coca-Cola to survive, and it's just a piece of shit. Oh, it's absolutely, and, it, and they, they have so much fun with it. And it's so cynical, and, and just, just, cra- it's just people who don't understand movies trying to make a movie. Like, at least Santa Claus, the movie, which was also, like wall to wall Coke products and McDonald's because it was produced by Coca Cola, at least is made by a bunch of legitimate weirdos in the Salkin family who are trying really hard to make a good movie. Yeah, I love Santa Claus the movie. It's bonkers yeah. and it's kind of two movies mashed into one. Yeah. But I love the shit out of that movie. Yeah, like they're tr- they're trying on that one. Mac and Me is just a cynical. It's as cynical a, a corporate piece of stuff as you're ever going to see, and in some ways, like, this era of MST3K is is nicer to it, because it's a Joel thing again, than I think, like, the Mike era would be. Like, I think the Mike era would be, would have been, probably in ways that would make the episode a little hard to take, probably would have been a lot harder on, on Mac and Me, like, that there's definitely a distinct difference in, like, the, now you can call it the riff track sense of humor, versus the 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 Joel MST3K that's of, that's, the, the, that's the Joel fair. and Jonah MST3K is like I I, mean, I don't I don't know maybe, maybe you disagree but there's it, no it no I, to, I I think you're right I think it, you're right it, it seems to be like people go back and forth about this especially now that there's a third guy but who is also there under like Joel's you know like producership and and has a seems to have a similar sensibility uh, if more occurrent and uh, avant-garde, if, if you like, is is that the Joel era of MST3K always struck me as the approach was more grounded in the we're stuck at home, this bad movie is the only thing on, but, you know, bad movies are kind of fun and there's a charm to them and we're gonna, you know, this sucks and it's kind of hard to take, but, you know, we have nothing else to do, so let's crack some jokes and enjoy it and have a good time. And also, hey... You know, this is a Ray Harryhausen movie, and we've all read Fangoria, and we're nerds, so we know that that's uh, this actor who's been in a bunch of stuff. So let's goof around and have a good time. The Mike era, and I don't, and I'm not saying that this is as a a personal like or dislike about it. The Joel era is more what I prefer, but like the Mike era had more of a uh, like a almost a college humor kind of sensibility to it, where it was, you know, and and. An aggressive takedown, you know. Fuck you, bad movie. Fuck you. The, you 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 are a piece of shit. You suck. You know you you're you're badly made. 
you know, it's how how dare you think that you can get away with your shitty special effects and your stupid plot line. Joel, Joel and, had and more I'm, of a Joel had more of a Doctor Demento approach to it. Like I'm going to find this weird thing and I'm going to give it airtime. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's a it's a weird Al approach to parody mm-hmm. versus versus like a, a South Park approach to parody, and it's not the the two different ways. And I I think that like uh, this era of it. Okay, perfect example, right? Of 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 at least because we we were the version you and I saw live was the Deathstalker thing, right? Deathstalker two. Death Deathstalker two. I'll get is... you and Deathstalker two. <laughs> Is is like now the Deathstalker movies are terrible. <laughs> yeah, they I are. Mean, the the the, the Deathstalker movies are legitimately awful movies, and it's even weirder seeing one with all of the nudity chopped out because that's the only reason the Deathstalker movies actually exist. Fair. Yep. Like yep. like the like the re- the reason there are so many sort of notably lousy actresses who are very good looking in the Deathstalker movies is that they. Famously would cast those movies just using whoever was the popular Miller Lite girl or Playboy Centerfold of that year and have her playing like a princess or a wizard and she'd get her clothes off all the time in the movie. And that was the Deathstalker series. And that's why there's like four of them. And, and they're terrible. And, uh, so, but like towards the end of Deathstalker, there's the, there's, you know, when they, I apologize for spoiling the plot of Deathstalker 2 for people. But where where Deathstalker and the good guys are fighting the bad guys, and the the Amazon warrior women that they've encountered earlier in the movie show up to back them up and fight the bad guys, right? And they do the this this like the one two three shot of the of the 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 Amazons popping up over the parapets with the bows and arrows to fight the bad guys, and it's a one two three shot. And in the movie, this is supposed to be, other than, oh, hey, all the pretty girls are here, it's supposed to be, oh, hey, the good guys are here, we're saved, is that the the riff in the theater is they just go, they just cut to one, two, three, the future is female. Like, that's not really a joke. They're just kind of cheering on along with the movie using a new catchphrase. So, like, they're not making fun. They're just kind of agreeing with the movie. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, they're, like, they're, like, like, the movie sucks, yes, but they're sort of having fun almost in the way that the movie intends you to have fun with that part. And from, at least in my section of the thing, the theater audience, all, you know, like, young Boston area college kids, so, so like, the, the, the dictionary photo definition of the word woke young college kids at this thing, the theater goes nuts. Yeah. Probably the biggest reaction that they got all night was, and it's not really a joke. It's just sort of like, yes, we are also enjoying this part of the movie. And you don't get that joke in the Mike era because they were never really having fun along with the movie. Right. They were just taking it down. Yeah. Well, they, they were, it was, it was survival. It was, oh my God, I can't believe I'm watching this crap. Or what? like on the, the, the season 11 when Patton is introducing, uh, the, the last because they they kind of save like what's arguably their best movie for the last episode in the people that time for the land that time forgot which is and, full and of, that is the best episode too of that no scene. it's no it's not the land time forgot it's at the earth's core there you yeah 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 sorry yeah ding 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 well no it's uh, I got it wrong and because as they're as they're describing it you know King is giving the description of the movie and then 
Patton Oswalt is in the background. He's going, like, yeah, you know, and there's pterodactyl monsters and a fire-breathing frog, and it's actually really friggin' cool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of right. Like, that, that, that movie's actually kind of awesome. Yeah, they, they haven't picked a single one that isn't entertaining. Yeah, even, um, the, even the daytime ended, which is a, a bit of a tough watch only because it has no sense of structure or story. Yeah, there's nothing going on in that movie at all. Yeah, that's that's the most that's the closest to like a like a, a it's like someone had a surrealist movie and then inserted scenes of people trying to explain not so much what's going on plot-wise but just what's happening from scene to scene and it's incredibly tedious. Um I I love that in the new se- that in season 12 the, yeah, Peter, your father's in trouble has become a catchphrase throughout the season. Yes, yes. <laughs> Anytime someone yells, Peter! <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it, it's wonderful, and I'm, I'm sure people watch, listening to us have already watched it, but it, um, it, I, I love the idea of making fun of the fact that they're on Netflix and you're going to binge it, so the show is being binge-created and binge-watched by by the it's just a really clever change up on the uh on the yeah. um whole thing and and I think it's great and I hope they keep doing it. I think um I think the new Mads are wonderfully cast and really well written. I like how this season is a lot more like they're leaning much heavier on okay, last season was kind of the I won't say the story season, but kind of the the joke that we're going to have a larger you know, story going on, and they still are trying to do that in this one, but they're leaning a lot heavier on the, okay, the bits are going to be a lot more like the bits you expect from the um, Dr. Forrester and TV's Frank days. Yeah. And um, not, not that Eleven was bad, they were just finding their own footing, and now that they have an identity, they're just shoehorning it into that structure, and I think it's great. Yeah, it's re- it's very cool. It gets, that there's, as you go on through it, there, like, there's an at kind of an, an angle that they start building to for this one that has an interesting rap to it that I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Oh, I can't and, wait uh, to finish it. Yeah, I, I was I was really into it. It's got that good stuff to it. I don't think there was necessarily, like, an all-time... Like, what was amazing about Season 11 was not just, like, holy shit, they're back, but also, like, A Cry in the Wilderness and uh, Circus Magic yes. were, Im- were immediately, like all time like i have to revise my top 10 mystery science theater episodes now because these both have to be in there these yeah are both... they're up there with mitchell and manos the hands of fate and all that yeah, yeah they're like these are instant top 10 episodes just for these absurd movies yeah yeah so just amazing so yeah i'm um, a huge huge amount of respect for the mst3k guys and i hope they come around every year um, I, I'd go to that anytime. The live thing is a very different thing, and and I yeah. love it. Um, it's mm. very participatory, and again, it's a reminder that you know, regardless. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't really like Jonah. I know they like him on the show, but don't like the guy. I've always found him pretty funny. I think he's great on the show. He's incredibly impressive live. Yeah, uh, the, the fact that anyone can do that live with with the robot actors on stage is is amazing to me. And um, they have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, so, so moving on from that without a tangent, I, I'd like to. Uh, do Do you have Pokemon Let's Go for the uh, I, for the Switch? No, I don't. 
so you got it from me, and I'll I'll do a little tiny bit on it by saying, um, um, you know, it's probably blasphemy to the community of people who are really into Pokemon to listen to this. So don't all blast me at once, but I have never played a Pokemon game until Pokemon on the phone, um, until Pokemon Go. So I'm I'm a you know I'm a pink hat as far as this is concerned, if that's a phrase that can still be used, but um. Bob, you purchased uh, Let's Go Pikachu for my wife and I, and I'm having an absolute blast with it. I know that's a remake, a Switch remake of the original two. The blue and yellow, is that it, or the red and blue, or whatever it was? It's a remake of yellow, which was itself a combination of red and blue uh, that uh, had... Well, originally the gimmick of yellow was that it combined red and blue and had more references to the animated series. Cool. All right. So so with that, I really kind of want to go back. I'm glad glad they're giving me the ability to go back this way and play them because what a really well put together um kind of deep RPG that really was. Yeah. It, it, I'm I'm really impressed with it. it. It's it's a fantastic game. Um I I I really like it. I love how it interfaces with the uh with the phone game. Um and I I just think it's great. And uh um I'm hoping uh, other people are enjoying it as well. That's mm. <laughs> um, wh- what about you? Do you have any new Switch games, Bob, or uh, anything uh, going on video game wise? I have been pretty much straight working since getting back into work from uh, from the holidays, so I have not had much time to dive back into game. See, this this is the thing with gaming out is it all takes so much more time to get back into. Oh yeah, you know, like I. And pe- people have been yelling at me about this because I dared to mention it on social media. But uh, I have that PS4 Spider-Man game, which is, you know, it's like, yes, the web swinging is amazing. The combat is amazing. The graphics are great. They're going to let me put on the Sam Raimi suit at some point. Cool. Great. Awesome. I'm going to play it. Is that I got through, like, you know, the first time I'm like, okay, cool. I'm doing missions. This is great. He's telling Spider-Man jokes. This is great. I'm fighting the Kingpin. This is great. Oh, hey, here's this scientist. I guess this is what's going on in this continuity. Okay, great. And I got all the way through, like, this first mission and a half, and then got to this point of, like, talking to, like, a lady cop, and she says, like, Oh, hey, Spider-Man, we have this problem of these security towers we put up all around the giant world map that, like, turned off. Could you, like, swing all around the world map for the rest of the game and turn these towers on to, like, open up the map so that you can... And I went, oh, fuck, really? You're going to make me do this shit? The stupid... And I'm like, oh, like nothing, nothing in a video game, in, in like, like, there's a whole lot of shit in modern gaming that I just cannot fucking stand. And I mean a lot of it. Like, like a lot. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I just cannot stand. And, like, like the, it's an open world game, and I, I get, you have to have that for Spider-Man. Fine. I loved Saints Row 4, and, you know, per- Precisely because they like pre-broke the game, so you can just Batman around the city and fuck things up with your powers. Great, cool, awesome. So like, this is the next best thing to that. And you got Spider-Man stuff, and you can swing around. And I know that like you don't have to do it, but like the the shit of you know, well, here's the whole map you have to go through, and instead of telling you, you know, which mission to go on and what to do, and just progress me through the goddamn game because my time is valuable. Uh, you know, it costs so much to make the game and fill it up with all these extra graphics. We are going to make it take much longer than it should need to, not through challenge 
or through some kind of skill thing, but for some kind of arbitrary, dumbass fucking task of please go around the map and tap this thing on a tower that, like, opens it up, and we're pretending like you need to do that because you need to go to a high point and look around because Assassin's Creed did that, and it seemed like, you know, a way to keep the Ludo narrative from becoming too dissonant, and it's a fuck-off game. I know I'm in a game. I know I'm in the, I know I'm in the video, it's, it's like when they try to do like plot stuff in the game and the, the dialogue and the narrative is all awkward because they're trying to make it so they can progress the story and tell the story organically while I'm playing through it so it doesn't break my immersion. And I'm like, you know what guys, I know I'm not Spider-Man. I know that I'm not, like, like I, I didn't stick a thing in the back of my neck and pass out and wake up in New York in a Spider-Man costume. I know I'm sitting on my couch. I know I'm looking at my TV. I know I'm playing a fucking video game. Stop. Tr you, you are not tell. You're not trick. I know that part of this is that you don't want to do the extra work or hire the extra people of designing a different interface for the single player because everything has to be designed with an eye on online and you can't pause online. So every game designer now only learns how to do environmental storytelling because you have to get the narrative off while people are wandering around getting yelled at by racists. Fine. But you're... I am so fucking tired of all of this awkward extra shit being put in there because they're worried about breaking my immersion. I'm not immersed. I know I'm playing a fucking video game. Do you have a story to tell me? Great. Pause the goddamn action. Play the fucking cutscene. Let me skip it if I want to. I'll watch your little mini-movie. And then let me get back to playing the fun fucking part of the game. Sorry. Wow. But it is actually a lot of a fun game, and I will get back into it once I can muster up the will to kill out two hours when I could be doing something that I'd enjoy, turning on the towers so that I can then play the fun part of the game. Yeah, I uh, I, I got a little bit um, annoyed as well with Breath of the Wild when it turned out that a large portion of the game was turning on towers. Oh, God, the towers. It's still, like, a, one I, I, it's still a wonderful game. Well, but, at, at least at least Breath of the Wild that literally is the entire goddamn game. Like I'll I'll give them that like that it's not like that's an interruption from the rest of the game. Turn the towers on and power yourself up until you think you're strong enough to go kill Ganon is literally the entire game. And that's kind of always been the Zelda games. Right. And that's and that's fine. That's fine. Like I I I genuinely love the idea of the game is no no you you can go to the fucking castle and fight the guy now. I mean, you're, you're gonna die. You're, you're gonna die real quick. Maybe you won't. Maybe you won't. Maybe you're like Mr. Badass and you'll kill him with just the little stick we gave you right now. But, you know, maybe not. Maybe not. But maybe you want to play through and explore this whole big world that we built and build stuff up. Okay, how am I supposed to do it? Well, pretty much however you want. We built a really good physics engine. So, you know, just go push things into other things and figure out how stuff works and, you know, eventually make yourself your muscles really big and then go try to kill the big pig I, guy. I did like Nintendo kind of coming back with Breath of the Wild and being like, oh yeah, sandbox game, guys? Yeah, um, we've already done this. Um, we did this on a cartridge in 1985. So um, now we're going to show you that we're good at it again. Like, I, I really liked that about that game. Yeah. Open world, that's cute. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I enjoyed that. So, yeah. so okay, so v- video games. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I no, I I've been I've been holding that one in for a little while. <laughs> no, that was great. Um um but uh yeah, I, I want to stay on it cuz I'm actually playing video games again. So I can talk. <laughs> so I bought I bought Mega Man 11. Um okay. and I've beaten four of the bosses. And I got to say, um outside of the art aesthetic being a little jarring, which it is, and I know a lot of people really complained about it. It is a fucking fantastic game. Good. It's really good. I would have gladly paid. Like, I feel better. I would have felt better paying 60 bucks for this game than I've had about a recent gen game in a long time, and I only paid 24 You know, it's it's a really good game. They obviously put a lot, lot of heart and soul into it. It plays incredibly well. It moves incredibly fast. Um, it's hard, like a Mega Man game is supposed to be. Um, I really enjoy it. I know that you had been on a podcast watching someone else play it, kind of talking about it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But um, I didn't know if you got a chance to actually sit down and, and play it at all. But it, it, it plays amazing. Um, so there's yeah. that. Um also, which I, I doubt that you have either, but you got me Smash Brothers for Christmas. I have played a bit of that as well. Not like a ton of it, but I've played some and I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I'm so glad far. I didn't buy the one on Wii U because it didn't have a strong single player. And I know that's, again, like you complaining about the Spider-Man 4 thing in the online. I know I'm probably going to get into a flame war on this, but I actually have a lot more fun or an equal amount of fun playing Smash Brothers on my own as I do playing it with a room of people or online with a bunch of people that are a thousand times better than me and making me look like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I, I really like the spirit game, the like kind of mix, mixing a platformer progression with the, the, the game. Um, I really enjoy that. Um, I enjoy all the characters. I'm probably only like a seventh of the way of <laughs> unlocking them all because again, children, and I don't get to play a lot. But um, it, it's wonderful. I, I I'm that is such a weird series of games to have become like the big game, right? Yeah, like that funny like because because like Sony tried it shortly after Smash Brothers with Air Guys, right? They had them in Square. They did their fighting game with all the Square characters. Yeah, and it it was you know similarly structured and it didn't take off. But this weird ass Nintendo fighting game from the creator of Kirby. Is yeah. like is like yeah. Nintendo's big money maker outside of Pokemon and Zelda and Mario is is just really funny to me, um, and I enjoy it. So, uh, <clears throat> moving past that, have have you got to play around with the Nintendo online stuff? Some, some I have. I I have not like done any online gaming because me, me neither I, yet. But I've heard yeah. it works great. We're gonna have to yeah. do that. Yeah, um, I haven't played online against anyone yet because I don't want to. No, I'm in the same place. But I've really been enjoying the, I guess, the NES Netflix, as it's unofficially yeah. called. Um, yeah, that's I know, I, I know, again, people are going to jump on here and be like, well, you could just mod and get a thousand of them. But you know what? There's something to be said about the company that made the games, porting the games perfectly yeah. and having save features and all of this stuff added to them perfectly. And having yeah. them release them slow, because unlike some people, I actually like having a smaller amount of crap to pick from to start. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. serious. It's like it, when I was younger, I could buy, you know, 20 games at once. 
and play through all of them. And now I'm just getting kind of panicky that I have Smash Brothers, Pokemon, and Mega Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> that I have to jump yeah. between. So being able to flip on Nintendo Online, uh, NES Netflix, and pop in Ninja Gaiden, or Gaiden and, you know, die a thousand times in, you know, 20 <laughs> minutes um, is a lot of fun to me. And I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting to pick up games we never owned, like Solomon's Key um, and, uh, and, and things like that that I'm really enjoying the hell out of. So um, if, if anybody hears this and is interested in changing my mind about playing some of these games online against you, uh, friend code me. Um, I, I would love to have my mind changed, Hell but, yeah. um, yeah, so, uh, I, I, I've been putting it off cause I didn't, I wanted to make sure we didn't, um, we left time for it, but, um, Bob, I, I have seen, and I know that you have seen, and I'm going to say something that might be controversial, but I believe that I have now seen the very best Spider-Man movie ever made. Uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, you mean? Yes. And it could very well be the best I, I leave a distinction between comic book and superhero movie. I haven't quite decided if it's the best superhero movie I've ever seen, but it is definitely the best comic book movie I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, I think this this very very well might uh, might be the one. It it it's de- it, it is the best Spider-Man movie. I I am I have uh, been convinced. I and, believe this is the best Spider-Man. And movie. that is not taking any credit away from what was the best Spider-Man movie made, which was Spider-Man Two. Before yep. here, that is still a great fucking movie. It is, it but is. but holy shit. Um, I uh, I saw this about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe no, two the week of Christmas, the week of Christmas, and um, it's it's so effortlessly good. Yeah, you, you yeah. and I were you and I were talking about how Searching was such a great movie because of um. What's the word? Um, not not efficiency of character. Um, there's a money term that you uh, come Econ- on economy 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 of character. This movie has that in spades. It it was a movie about Miles Morales that yeah. had a whole bunch of supporting characters that also were fleshed out the way they needed to be and were supporting characters without them being what the movie was about. And you didn't question who the main character was at any point in time. Nope. Um, it. It's got a visual style that's unparalleled. I I don't I don't think I've ever seen a movie that quite looks or feels like it. Um, the the animation team on this one deserves every award they could possibly win. Um, yeah. it deserves to win best animated movie, and I think it deserves to be in best film. In, in, I would, in, I would in, agree in, with um, that, yeah. Especially since they do ten. If there was only like five or yeah. four, I wouldn't be so you know. Uh, but I mean. If if I had to take this Black Panther and Infinity War, this and Black Panther would stay on the list, and Infinity War would drop away. And yeah. that's not taking yeah. anything away from Infinity War, but Infinity War is okay. I've I've seen an Avengers movie. Infinity War is good. Infinity War is like a top twenty yeah. movie for this year, maybe. But but some people but, are really yeah. like frothingly into it, and I am too. But it's not reinventing any sort of wheel the way into the Spider-Verse is. Avengers Infinity War is just proving to us that, hey, we're still fucking good at this. Well, you know, know? it's like it, in Infinity War is a really, really good crossover event comic. But, like, crossover event comics are not, like, they're not the comics that get the Eisner at the end of the You know what I mean? Well, right. Like, but, like, but, like, but, like, but again, like, Sp- yeah. Sp- Spider-Verse, you know... 
it makes me really because because again I, I know a lot of people are giving all the credit to Lord Miller on this which they didn't direct this film but they're as far as I'm concerned as far as producers and visionaries and people in charge of products they've it's now really annoying to me that I didn't get to see their Han Solo movie even yeah. though I don't yeah. think I needed that movie and I think Ron Howard did a fine job I am yeah. really annoyed that I didn't get to see their their solo movie because while the Lego movie and 21 Jump Street things like that are very winky yeah you, I, I bet you're surprised that this we were going to pull this off kind of movies they're still a very in-jokey winky movie Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is not Lego Batman and yeah. I love Lego Batman and Lego Batman is one of the best Batman movies I've ever seen but Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a good Spider-Man movie because it cares about and loves the fact that it's making a Spider-Man movie. It's like Batman the Animated Series is to Batman. It, yeah. it cares about the characters first. It doesn't care about making a joke first. You know, yeah. it does a multiverse thing without it being an event film. Yeah. You know, it's that is 100% the MacGuffin that drives the story, not, oh, by the way, you know, it's this extra thing because we couldn't figure anything else out to do. The movie wouldn't be what it is without it. Wouldn't be able to tell the story that it's telling without it. Mm -hmm. yeah, but it does it all so effortlessly that you don't feel burdened or inundated. It all feels natural. Like, I, I feel you could watch this with an audience of people who have no idea who even Gwen Stacy is. Which yeah. some people just don't in the regular movie going public. But all the way down to... They do now. And all the way down to Spider-Ham... I feel that even then when that character shows up, the movie is made in such a way that you just go, okay, yeah, I accept that. Without a whole lot of need to explain it, there's no, like, cut scene to a ridiculously long, complicated backstory, a la, like, a Michael Bay Transformers movie or anything like that. It's just, you know what, yeah, this exists. Enjoy. Yeah. You know, it doesn't think the audience is stupid. Um, it, it, it feels much more like... Like, like I said, the, the animated TV shows of the 90s, um, as weird as that is, the, the Spider-Man, the X-Men, the Batman, the animated series at the top of that list, just ones that take a very serious approach to adapting the comic first. And, um, and I, I loved everything about it. I, I think it is a nearly impeccable film, in my opinion, in, in, in what it's doing. You know, it's not... It's not a freaking Orson Welles movie, you know what I mean? But it, it's just really well crafted, and I think everybody involved in it, even Nicolas Cage, which people will joke about, um, deserve the highest honor for pulling this fucking thing off. Absolutely. Um, it, it blew my mind. It, it, and it's doing fine, but it should be doing better. So everybody yeah. listening to this, get out and see it. I want ten more of these, and I hope they do each one in a completely different visual aesthetic. Honestly, I hope the next one's fucking stop motion and they get Leica to do it, for Christ's sakes. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Because, again, I, I think someone hit the nail on the head. Animation is a medium. It's not a genre. And for yeah. people saying, oh, it's animated, so I'm not going to see it because animated movies are stupid. You know, someone said to me, well, isn't it a kid's movie? I go, yeah, it is. And they go, well, when I wouldn't, why wouldn't I want to see it? I go, because it's also an adult movie. Like you'll yeah. you, you know you'll all go see the Incredibles, you know why why won't you freaking see this, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and it it reminded me as well, and I I know that you you disliked the Incredibles too a lot, and I was not really that enamored with it, but I know a lot of people that really were, 
And I feel like this movie made me reminded me of exactly where the shortcomings of that movie were. Mm. It, this is something that I mean, Spider-Man and superhero movies in general, <laughs> if there's a fatigue, as people are calling it, this should be the biggest rehash of them all. Right. You're yeah. going to make an animated Spider-Man movie. Oh, great. You you've jumped the shark. You finally given up. But instead, they made the best one. Yeah, I, I it, and it, it, it's fantastic. It's everything about it is fantastic. It's it, got, yeah. and, and I don't want to say too much, it's got surprises. Like, you don't, if you haven't seen this movie yet and you're listening to this, you have no idea what's going to happen in this movie. Mm. Like, the, the, I mean, the structure of a Spider-Man movie is the structure of a Spider-Man movie, but yeah. you do not know what's going to happen. You might say, oh, yeah, they're doing the Ultimates, so I know. No, 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 you do not know yeah. what, what's going to happen in this damn thing. And that's the other thing I loved is it surprised me. Mm. Character arcs surprised me. The emotion surprised me. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know what. I know you've said a ton about it, and I'm, I'm sure we're going on and on and on. But man, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want to blow like you know the the significant surprises. No, and, neither and do I of, of of this movie. But I mean, like, there's, I mean, there's depending on what you know of the uh, of like the the Ultimate Spider-Man and Miles Morales storyline. Like, there's. Uh, a reveal of of how you know one of the bad guys is is connected. That I think. I mean, let's be real. Most people who go see movies don't read the comics because most people don't read comics. Period. It's true. At, at the end of the day, so you know, is that like, and you know, the one I'm talking about blows people's minds for the most part because it's like, holy shit, wow, that's like you know, that's. I mean, as 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 another character says, this is a pretty hardcore origin story. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like that, that's like that, that's a, that's a big bit, but it works, you know, and it, it, and it's, it's a really, it's a good moment. And especially the, the, the point and the way in which it's revealed is really good. Like yeah, it's a it, really, it's, it's a, it's a, there's, you know, like there's a, re, that this is a, re, one of the better versions of the all is lost moment that, uh, that I've seen in a while. It's like, oh, wow, you are well and truly fucked. Yes. Yeah. This, like this, this is really bad. And they you know, they pay off things without yeah. without force feeding them to you with with winks and things that people say to each other earlier in the movie. They pay yeah. off with words later on that it, it go by so quick almost that you miss them. It does, and it you know the 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 human st- like here here's the thing you could take the Spider Verse part of the story out of this, like you could take the fact that the MacGuffin of this is a portal that gets ripped open in dimensions, and now there's multiple Spider-Men in the movie. Take that out of the story completely and just have it be the the origin story for this kid who is the new Spider-Man, because yeah. reasons, of the same basic story outline, and it would still be good. Like, all of that still works. So, like, the thing that's, like, the, the gimmick that they're hanging and selling the whole movie on is good... But it's completely extra. Yeah, it it adds a lot. But like those characters could be other like that. That could have just been the Avengers, you know? Right. That could have just been a group of uh, like I mean in the in the Ultimate Comics when Miles Morales went through his whole thing, it was the Avengers and Shield getting involved and you know trying to like walk him through becoming what he was going to be and whatnot. And that's pretty much the story arc that they've pulled in because it's Sony and they can't use all of those, but it, it, it works, you know, and the characters are so well staged. 
it the the little beats of the anime what's encouraging to me about this is that the the people who made it have been so open of showing off all the little animation stuff online so that you know like a lot of younger people are seeing this and so much of this is such a a, a handmade looking movie is that they're they're been able to like point to things in this and saying like you know no you see this little gimmick here like uh early on like the first time we see miles with the lineup and you've seen the shots in the trailers and like the whole uh the first scene when he when he has his own spider-man uniform on that's not like the store-bought one but like the one he, he makes more or less uh which is probably the best version of that scene that's been done since the going to get the, the uncle ben's killers thing in spider-man the first one Right. Like there's been there's been two or three or four versions of okay, you're Spider Man for the first time, like you have to do the web swing the right way for the first time. Like there's been like the that the first Sam Raimi movie, the live action, the Nicholas Hammond movie, a couple of the animated shows have all done it. This is the second best version of that, right? Like yes, this is a I agree. really, really good version of exactly that. But there's a, a beat early on where they and it's a, the kind of cheat you can only do in animation, where they, they frame the shot where he's, he's looking at the, the, the row of cases, you know, of the, the, the Spider-Man uniforms, and he sees just the, the generic basic one, is that the first time we see it, his face is reflected right about up to the torso, because they're keeping it, you know, straight, that this is about a 15-year-old kid. Who, who's who's there? So and whereas the Spider-Man that he's inheriting from is about twenty-six, right? And uh, so he's a significantly older, larger guy. Uh, but then when he goes back later and he looks at the same case, is the same reflection is now eye level. It's perfect. It's a great cheat, but it's it's really good. And I, I like I noticed it, but didn't notice. You know what I mean? Right, like you, like you see, it, or like the upside you, down city you, thing. You acknowledge like, it. You acknowledge yeah. it from an emotional level, but it, it's not something you acknowledge and like, f- like freak out about in the theater while you're watching. It just kind of it clicks like a a switch flips, so you catch it. But y- you know what I mean? It's it's just the movie's peppered with that stuff. Yeah, it's it's beats there's you know, and I won't say who, but you know, there's the they get a lot of mileage out of dropping up front that this is that even though this is the universe we're spending most of our time in that this is not the normal that this is not our world that this is different from the normal spider-man universe therefore things are going to be different here so that when they introduce various characters it's a surprise who they may otherwise be yes they get, they get a lot of mileage out of that and there's a a villain reveal in this which is not a thing from the comics, which is a thing from else elsewhere. It's a thing that they've made up for the movie with a completely original character. The the reveal of which I got exactly two seconds before they just said it, and I almost jumped in the theater because I thought, "Oh, that's brilliant!" And then that's they and they and they perfect. pay off on it three or four more times with single word character development. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, and I mean, people will know who we're talking about, obviously, at, at, at this point, but it's just, it's st- like, even still, they, they've given everything else away. They still haven't revealed that. You can't even buy a toy of this yet. And because I, and they, they, they know it's just that good of a, of, of a reveal. I, still... I think it's great. I also think it's awesome. You touched on it earlier about how the people that made this have been very upfront about 
the movie almost feels like you're a cooperative member of helping it exist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they want you to feel like the movie was almost guerrilla made. You know what I mean? And the way that Morales, you know, is uh, he spray paints and he puts his tags up everywhere. I saw an exchange between one of the three directors of this movie um, and someone on Twitter that said, hey, um, I really liked Miles's um, uh, tag that he does in the sewer at the beginning of the movie with his uncle. If you were to make that exist as a wallpaper for my phone in the right aspect ratio, I would gladly buy it. I'd like to have that. And they said done and just sent it to him. And so everyone on Twitter could have it, you know, no, like, oh, that's yeah. a copyright thing. No, here you go. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's awesome. I, I think this, you know, the Spider-Man movie of the, you know, deviant art scene, you know, yeah. or whatever it is, is, is such a cool. And again, this movie, remember when you and I talked about, we have differing views on the Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. I know I, I actually like it a lot more than you did, but I, I have issues with it. You pointed out a really important thing about Homecoming and that you're watching the movie and you feel disconnected because he's living in a school world of nowadays teenagers that like we just can't connect with. And is that a failing of the movie or is that just a failing on the fact that I've grown up? Well, here's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is a movie about a black Latino child growing up and learning that he can be Spider-Man. And I feel that that movie is speaks to me, even though that's not my life. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. have a background that, I, and and the whole point of this movie is anyone can wear the mask. Yeah. And how they pulled that off, without it being you know the cookie cutter white kid that I would probably relate to more, that I should have related to more with Homecoming, blows my mind. Do you, do you know what I mean? And and. You know, just seeing like everybody with their kids wanting to be, you know, making their Halloween costumes for next year already as Miles. Yeah. And and yeah. We're, we're in January. Do you know yeah. what I mean? This movie, this movie is an event and it's not a billion dollar Venom level blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I really think that I'm, I'm sure Sony is glad that they've got them that, you know, they've they've got between Venom being a huge hit and this being a movie that people like and want to see. I think uh, that they've got, you know, quite a, a bit of stuff. But I think that if they had it to do over, they would probably have not released this in the middle of the holidays when there's other family movies. Right. You know, like, because this, this, could, this could be sitting out when there's no other animated movies just killing it. Right. And... But you know, what, what else are you going to do? Because, but like, the thing is now when they do it, when they do the very next one, it's going to be like gigantic. You know, Absolutely. But, but, you know, lesson learned. Sony's been banging their heads against a brick wall for a decade trying to get pe to, to get people to go see Spider-Man movies without having to go and beg Disney for help until they finally had to beg Disney for help. And then they, uh, you know, Homecoming, is, I think, is just all right. Some people really like it. But then... In joint fashion, they hit on Venom, which I still concede is terrible, but people... I, I'm still not sure if people actually like Venom, or if the world is just, like, playing a weird, mean prank on Sony, whereby they give them a whole bunch of money, but still make fun of the movie behind their back. Because everyone I talk to about Venom seems to agree with me about Venom, but then claim that it's good. 
<laughs> so so or or that they liked it. You know, like like I thought Venom was absolute garbage, and I will say just the meanest shit about Venom, and other people will say, "Oh yeah, oh man, oh that was so stupid. Oh my God, Tom Tom Hardy's just making Charlie Callis noises the whole time, and then he turns into a poop monster, and it's the shittiest thing." And and then it's like, oh yeah, oh my god, it was hilarious. I saw it like twelve times. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I I have. I feel like I'm in an alternate dimension whenever the subject of Venom being a good movie comes up. But whatever. I I haven't seen it, so maybe I'll have to watch it before our next uh, recording. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I don't know. Everyone else, well, every everyone else watched it, so you, so you might as well. But it's it's bizarre to me. But uh, with this, it seems like they like this is. And I, I feel very smug about this because, and you were there, I have been saying all along that no matter what, the problem that everyone is going to always have with doing Spider-Man movies again is that, like it or not, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies are basically the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. You're Even if you don't think they got everything a thousand percent right in that, the stuff they did get right, no one's ever going to get right again as right, you might as well just kill Peter Parker and move on to this actually perfectly good, much more fresh and relevant character who's just sitting there waiting for his movie. And like this, every, other than the Spider-Verse, the, the, the alternate universe stuff, which is, is fun and awesome and I love it to death and holy shit, Spider-Ham. Like, I love it, but I, 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 I just washed like, my hands. That's why they're wet. Yeah, it's, it's like, I love all that stuff to death. It's just, what I said they should do is what, is, is what they did with, with most of this movie, just, just animated, you know, like the, there is not anything in any of the, as much as I loved Infinity War, and I did, you know, especially like the, you know, the people talk about like the, 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 the slug in the gut, you know, of the, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. You know, yes, it's hard to watch because Tom Holland's a cute kid and, and, you know, it's this fun, happy, peppy superhero movie and we're watching, you know, a 16-year-old kid or however old he's supposed to be, you know, turn into dust for reasons he doesn't understand on an alien planet millions of miles away. Like, I get why that's supposed to be sad. Like, I get it. And it is. It's 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 a dark-ish way to end that movie, but realistically, we know he's going to be back. There's already trailers. and Like, I think the the there's already a how it should have ended for the trailer for Avengers Endgame and their how it should have ended is Black Widow saying to Cap, you know, Steve, I think it's gonna work and he turns and goes, I know it is. Because I saw that Spider Man trailer and he's alive. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's like, okay, fine. Whereas like in, in this the beat after when Miles gets home from, you know, having just He's pretty sure he saw Spider-Man get his ass kicked, and and he gets home and he you know falls asleep, and then he wakes up and his parents are watching the news, and the news is reported that well we've got bad news and worse news is we we found a dead person and it turns out this is Spider-Man and Spider-Man is dead, and it's just it's a montage of New York finding out that Spider-Man is dead and all this time Spider-Man has been a 26 year old just nobody yeah that that no one had ever heard of and it's it's just a montage of you know people randomly walking around flipping open their phones and everyone's like oh god and it's like holy shit like that is so much heavier 
even though we've never met this fucking guy in another movie, and it's a cartoon, you know, is that the, the mythology that that involves and invokes is so much heavier than the, the, I don't feel so good, because it's, it's real, you know, is that it, it, it feels like something. Right. You know, it's like, that is, like, that's as close, because they can't really do it in the Marvel movies, because un- until one of them retires, because we kind of know that important people aren't going to die because of the cosmic nature of it. So until, like, this next movie, when whichever of them decides, no, I'm not taking my option to come back, and they kill someone for real, they can't do it. But, like, this is like, wow, this is, that's the first time someone's actually done the, this is what the real version of one of these guys dying would look like. Right. You know? And then it pays off with a Stanley cameo, and it's like, ah, oh, That fuck. Stanley cameo was so good. Yeah. Like, they couldn't have planned that, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, they they definitely couldn't have planned it, and yet it seems so relevant to him not being here anymore. Yeah. Like, that whole cameo seems like it was... If they if you had told me they had had a voice actor come in and do his voice just to do that scene, I would have bought that. Because yeah. it seems so perfect. And that's something I'm not... You, you just need to see the movie. The, the Stanley cameo in this is perfect. It's it's really well done. Um, so so we've done about an hour, and um, I was gonna end this off with talking about what we're looking forward to or not for 2019, but figured I'd save that for the next one because I'm gonna try to do these more regularly. So uh, yeah. Um, you got anything else, Bob? You seen anything in recent time that's worth um talking about, or should we hold on that? Uh, don't go see Escape Room. It's really bad. Yeah, it, it looked really bad. Uh, it's did, really did, bad. Don't didn't we already have like nine Saw movies? And isn't that like where Escape Rooms came from anyway? It's so, it's 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 like a worse version of Saw. It's so bad. Oh so god. Bad. Oh, by the way, speaking of Saw, I'll, I'll leave it on one thing. Did you see that? Um, Lay One L, um, the director of Upgrade, which is still one of my favorite fucking movies of the year. Yeah. Um, who was also the writer and star of Saw, who was not Carrie Elway's. Yeah. And he wrote it, and James Wan directed it. James Wan and him have gone on to produce Insidious and The Conjuring, and he directed some of them. And then he made a Fast and the Furious movie because you know he deserved to make some money. And then he made Aquaman, and Aquaman I haven't seen, but I've heard it's a blast and it's big goofy self. And it's I saw, on. I it's, saw Aquaman for a second time the other day, and it's uh, Aquaman is a bit exhausting the second time, but I had fun with it. Cool, but it's it's onward to make you know a couple a billion and a half dollars or something like that. So yeah, Le- Lewinell comes on Twitter the day the first weekend's box office comes out for Aquaman and retweets it over to James and says, "So about that forty bucks you owe me," and <laughs> that was just perfect. I-, I thought that was great. Um, so so again, Bob, uh, if, if that's all we got, um, uh. Good night, everybody, um, and thank you all for coming along on the tangent, and we'll be back soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye.